Many people enter, but some choose to never leave. Getting lost forever in the sea of trees is their desire. A forest so beautiful and inviting with its quiet solitude and natural beauty would seem like the last place that you may find ghosts. But this forest may be home to multitudes of them from many different times and many different backgrounds. Enter if you dare, but be sure to never leave the path because the possibilities of what could be waiting for you out there in the dark canopy of trees is endless and likely evil. Welcome to Destination Terror, your passport to the scariest places in the world. From haunted hotels to locations of unexplained creature sightings, we will travel to places that will provide excitement, adventure, and horror. Today we are discussing the Akigahara Forest in Japan, a place so haunted that most do not dare to enter, and many enter with the intention to never return. So if you are into travel and all things scary, listen close and you might just discover your next exciting adventure destination, but hopefully not your final destination. Destination Terror is an EerieCast original podcast hosted by me, Carmen Carrion. If you would like to send us a suggestion or submit a story with your own experience, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at Carmen Carrion. If you enjoy the show, please follow and rate Destination Terror on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to help us grow. Also, check out EerieCast.com for more scary podcasts such as Tales from the Break Room, featuring allegedly true and terrifying stories that happened on the job. Warning! This episode contains mentions of self-harm and suicide. Hiroshi's feet dangled from the bridge as he sat and watched the water trickling over the rocks below while contemplating his life choices. In his 41 years, he had won the love of his life, May, fathered two beautiful children, and succeeded in his business. He had accomplished everything he had dreamed. Then, a nightmare began to unfold around the world. He had taken May on a cruise to celebrate their 10th wedding anniversary. They boarded the Diamond Princess on January 20th of 2020 for a 14-day cruise to China, Taiwan, and Vietnam, then back to Japan. The trip started out with lounging in the sun during the day and dancing in cocktails in the evening. Days later, the trip turned into a nightmare when someone boarded the ship during their stop in China without telling anyone he was sick. By the time he left the ship and tested positive for COVID-19, more than a dozen passengers were beginning to show symptoms. The ship was quarantined for 27 days in Tokyo Bay. Out of 3,711 people on board, 712 became infected with the virus. Of that 712, 14 died. May was one of them. It had been more than two years since he had lost her and still the pain ran deep. He tried to hold it together for his children, but they were young and needed much attention, so his mother came to live with them. Hiroshi buried his grief in his work, but often found himself making errors that he would never have made before. As an investment banker, an error could mean millions of dollars lost for his company. Finally, 
he was forced to go on an indefinite leave of absence. The shame was almost more than he could bear. His life was slowly falling apart. His mind and heart were broken, and he had lost hope that either would ever mend. He no longer felt worthy to be father to his children. He thought that they would be better off if he was dead. So he found himself here, on this bridge, weighing the decision in his head of how and where to end his own life. He couldn't jump here. The bridge wasn't high enough. He could end up in the hospital, putting him in deeper debt that was already growing. He wanted it to be in some place quiet and peaceful, a place where no one would find him until he was long gone from this world. A thought came to him. He remembered a passage from a book he had read by Seicho Matsumoto. The man had written of a place he described as the perfect place to die. Because its trees grow so closely together that they block the wind, and because there are few animals or birds, the forest is unusually quiet. It sounded to Hiroshi like a tranquil place to make peace with your own death. He stood and left the bridge at peace with his decision. On the ride back home, he made a mental list of the things he needed to take care of first, and last on that list was to say goodbye to his children. Two days later, taking only a bottle of water, a note handwritten in his pocket, and a rope, Hiroshi drove to Aokigahara Forest, 120 miles from his home. He never wavered from his mission, not even for a second during the two-and-a-half-hour drive. He was a man with his mind made up and determined to accomplish his task. The parking lot was empty except for a small white sedan that looked as if it had been there for months. Probably another sad soul who had come here for the same reason he had. Hiroshi grabbed his water and tucked the rope beneath his jacket and began down the trail that led into the forest. He walked for 30 minutes before leaving the trail, the whole time humming a lullaby that his mother used to sing to him. The forest grew darker the deeper in that he walked. He saw ribbons that led in many directions and made sure that he steered clear of following them. He finally stopped by a large tree with winding roots and thick branches. He threw one end of the rope around a branch and tested its strength. Satisfied, he began the process for what came next. Once the rope was ready, he pulled the letter and a nail from his pocket. Using a rock, he tacked the letter to the tree. Minutes later, he was dangling from the rope, reflexively gasping for air. It didn't take long before the world around him began to fade. He wondered, though, as his life began to slip away, why was he hearing the sounds of someone screaming? This episode is sponsored by The Dead Files from Travel Channel. If you're listening to anything on the EerieCast network, odds are you love ghost stories. That's why I think you'll love The Dead Files from Travel Channel. Join hosts Amy Allen and Steve Deshavi as they investigate paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the U.S. Each host offers a unique and exciting perspective for every case. Amy is a medium, seeing and speaking to those who are no longer in the world of the living. 
and Steve is a retired homicide detective who uses public records and witness testimony to piece together the history of the haunted location. Each episode of The Dead Files features a different, real haunting to possibly help the family struggling with its effects. One episode on Falconer, New York, deals with a family who keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They frequently witness a shadow figure lurking around their home. Amy and Steve receive their call and investigate, with Amy using her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry while Steve, separately, researches the history of the home, only to discover several previous residents who lived at the home died, confirming Amy's own findings. After their investigation, Amy and Steve must conclude with whether the house is safe to remain in, or if it's time to get out. I really love the deferring perspectives and skill sets between the two hosts, and I think that's why The Dead Files is a must-listen podcast for any fan of the paranormal and supernatural. Listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. The Aokigahara Forest in Japan is an especially beautiful location. The thriving forest is also known as the Sea of Trees, thanks to the lush greenery. Situated at the base of Mount Fuji on the island of Honshu, the forest sits on 12 square miles of hardened lava from the mountain's eruption in the year 864. The Aokigahara Forest, the Sea of Trees, will grow on this lava field over the next thousand years. Unfortunately, the forest has acquired a much darker reputation. The site has become internationally known for being one of the world's most prominent suicide hotspots and has in recent decades taken on the name Suicide Forest. This forest is without a question one of the scariest places in the world. People often find clothing or body parts while traversing through its so-called sea of trees, the result of the excessive number of deaths by suicide that occur there. It is estimated that as many as 100 people take their own life in suicide forest every year. It's hard to make a profile of the average person who commits suicide in the forest, but they are usually males between 40 and 50 years of age. And the biggest month for suicides is March, possibly because March is the end of the fiscal year in Japan. So many people come from all over Japan to end their stressful lives there as they feel it's the perfect location in which to breathe their last breath. The Japanese government enacted suicide prevention strategies in Aokigahara. Some of the forest trails have signs asking suicidal visitors to seek help and reconsider their decision. The plans aim to reduce Japan's suicide rates by 20% over seven years. Part of these measures included posting security cameras at the entrance of Aokigahara and increasing patrols. Suicide prevention counselors and police have also posted signs on various paths throughout the forest that offer messages like, think carefully about your children, your family, and your life is a precious gift from your parents. Japan has a tradition of ritual suicide in its history, dating back to the time of the samurai. Self-inflicted death doesn't carry the same stigma in Japan as it does in other countries. The practice of seppuku, a samurai's honorable suicide, dates to Japan's feudal era, and while the tradition is no longer the norm, vestiges of the seppuku culture can be seen today in the way suicide is viewed as a way of taking responsibility. An annual body sweep is organized for the forest before the holiday season, 
in which any dead bodies found are removed and, where possible, identified. Folklore says that the forest is haunted by Yure. They are said to be the ghosts of those who died in a quick or violent manner and were unable to pass into the afterlife because the proper rites were never performed. There are other demons besides the Yure believed to inhabit Aokigahara as well. One is the notorious mythical demon, the Tengu, which is a malicious creature in bird form. Legend has it that Emperor Sutoko was forced off his throne and into exile by his father. He died an anguished soul and vowed to haunt the nation in the form of a terrible creature. The Tengu would hunt young boys and priests with his long talons and sharp eagle eyes, consuming their genitalia to feed his power. While the boys were returned home after the fact, the priests were hung upside down from the trees in Aokigahara Forest until they died or went insane. The forest is also allegedly a place where Ibaste, the act of abandoning an elderly or infirm family member to their deaths. However, there are few sources to verify that this practice ever actually took place. Japanese myths regard Mount Fuji as a gateway to heaven. Originally, the fire goddess Fuji descended to the earth and gouged deep, scorching canals of supernatural force into the mountainside. The forces work like a magnet, preventing those who enter from ever escaping. Maybe those choosing to end their lives wanted to do so near the gateway to heaven, to ensure that they could find the entrance after their death. The forest surrounds the base of the enormous Mount Fuji, which is Japan's tallest mountain. It really is a sea, too. The trees are so dense, no wind can pass through the forest itself. The forest's trees organically twist and turn, their roots winding across the forest floor in treacherous threads. Because of its location at the base of a mountain, the ground is uneven, rocky, and perforated with hundreds of caves. But more jarring than its tricky terrain is the feeling of stillness. The trees are too tightly packed for winds to whip through, and the wildlife is sparse. Its quietness is what has attracted people to consider it haunted, and there are plenty of Japanese who would not dare to enter the forest. This resulted in even more myths surrounding Aokigahara. For some visitors, it is a place of unbridled beauty and serenity. Hikers looking for a challenge can wade through the dense thickets of trees, knotted roots, and rocky ground to access amazing views of Mount Fuji. School children sometimes visit on field trips to explore the region's famous ice caves. It is also, however, a little eerie. The trees have grown so closely together that visitors will spend much of their time in semi-darkness. The gloom is relieved only by the occasional stream of sunlight from gaps in the treetops. What most people who come to Japan's suicide forest say they remember is the silence. Beneath fallen branches and decaying leaves, the forest floor is made of volcanic rock, cooled lava from Mount Fuji's massive eruption in 864. The stone is hard and porous, full of tiny holes that eat the noise. In the stillness, visitors say every breath sounds like a roar. It's a quiet, solemn place and it has seen its share of quiet, solemn people. Though reports have been deliberately muddled in recent years, it is estimated that as many as 100 people take their own life in the suicide forest every year. 
There are many creepy stories that come from Akigahara Forest. During the filming of a Vice documentary made by Vice Media Group, the film crew follows geologist Azusa Hayano on a tour through the forest where they find a curse left behind by someone. They found a doll that looked like Jack Skellington from the film The Nightmare Before Christmas, with his face cut off, nailed upside down to a tree as a sort of inverted crucifix. According to Hayano, they nailed the doll upside down as a symbol of contempt for society, and he said it is more like a curse. After visiting Aokigahara, many people report that they have heard unnatural, blood-curdling screams, and they believe the screams to be Yurei. A writer from the Japan Times told of an incident where he had heard terrifying screams in the forest. When he went searching for a source of the noise, he came across the dead body of a man at the base of a tree. A quick examination revealed that the corpse had been dead for some time and could not have been the source of the scream, but maybe his spirit was. Some who enter the forest with intent to die by suicide do eventually leave without taking their life. In an interview with the Japan Times, Hideo Watanabe, who owns a shop at the entrance of the forest, revealed that he's seen numerous people exit the forest after attempting to die by suicide. He described calling for an ambulance for one such visitor. Another trademark of the forest is that there have been literal ghost sightings, with visitors sometimes claiming to see white figures drifting between the trees. When the sci-fi paranormal investigation show Destination Truth investigated the forest, they may have caught one of these apparitions on camera. It may have been a yure, or was it just a trick of the light? Given its proximity to Mount Fuji, Akigahara is considered by most Japanese religions to be a very spiritual place. But that's not necessarily a good thing. Buddhist monks have set up altars in the forest to try and combat what they say are the evil spirits haunting the forest, and are responsible for drawing people there to die by suicide. One Buddhist monk was visiting the forest to set up an altar when he told the New Zealand Herald, The spirits are calling people here to kill themselves, the spirits of the people who have committed suicide before. Not all visitors to Japan's suicide forest are planning their own death. Many are simply tourists. But even tourists may not be able to escape the forest's reputation. Those who stray from the trail sometimes encounter disquieting reminders of past tragedies scattered personal belongings, moss-covered shoes, photographs, briefcases, notes, and ripped clothing have all been discovered strewn across the forest floor. Sometimes visitors find worse. That is what happened to Logan Paul, the famous YouTuber who visited the forest to film. Paul knew the forest's reputation. He meant to showcase the forest in all its frightening, hushed glory. But he didn't bargain on finding a dead body. He kept the camera rolling, even as he and his companions phoned the police. He published the film, showing graphic, up-close footage of a suicide victim's face and body. The decision would have been controversial under any circumstances, but his on-camera laughter was what shocked and appalled viewers the most. The backlash was fierce and swift. Logan Paul took the video down, he both apologized and defended himself, saying he intended to raise awareness for suicide and suicide prevention. 
CNN previously interviewed one man who attempted to end his life in Aokigahara. The man stated, My will to live disappeared. Taro, a middle-aged man who did not want to be identified fully, told CNN in 2009, I'd lost my identity, so I didn't want to live on this earth. That's why I went there. CNN reported that Taro bought a one-way ticket to the forest, having been fired from his job at an iron manufacturing company. He lost any sense of financial stability. You need money to survive, he said. When he got to the forest, he cut his wrists, but the wounds were not fatal. He collapsed and nearly died from dehydration, starvation, and frostbite, but was found by a hiker and saved. Due to its historic connection to ghosts of the dead, Akigahara Forest is frequently featured in popular culture. In the anime series Tokyo Ghoul, the ghoul-only cafe in Teku uses bodies from the Akigahara Forest to feed ghouls to avoid actively killing humans for nourishment. In 2016, the American film The Forest, a woman named Sarah travels to the ghost-filled Akigahara to save her twin sister who disappeared there. Her investigation plunges her into a dark world where the angry and tormented souls of the dead prey on those who dare to explore the forest. Akigahara was the subject of a BBC Radio 4 production, first broadcast 10th of September 2018, in which four poets traveled to Akigahara to write and record poetry in the forest. An American playwright of Japanese ancestry, Christine Haruna Lee, wrote and staged a play called Suicide Forest in New York City in March 2019. It addressed suicide in America and Japan, referencing the Aokigahara Forest. If you want to visit Aokigahara Forest, you can reach it by train, taxi, or car. The forest floor mostly consists of volcanic rock. Designated trails lead to several tourist attractions, such as Narusawa Ice Cave, Fugaku Wind Cave, and Lake Sai Bat Cave, which are three larger lava caves near Mount Fuji, the ice cave being frozen year-round. The forest has falsely been portrayed as a place where navigational compasses go haywire. Needles of magnetic compasses will move if placed directly on the lava, aligning with the rock's natural magnetism, which varies in iron content and strength by location. However, a compass behaves as expected when held at a normal height. The Japan Ground Self-Defense Force has conducted its ranger courses, including navigation training in the forest since 1956. Aokigahara is a popular tourist destination, a two-hour drive from Tokyo. There are numerous tours and trips which take tourists from Japan's capital out to the forest. Tourists can take a tour alone or travel with a local guide to visit the forest and its numerous caves. The Aokigahara Forest is made up mostly of hemlock fir, Japanese cypress, and other evergreen needle-leaf trees. Avid hikers go to Aokigahara independently and explore at their own pace. Alternatively, some sightseeing tours around Fuji and the Fujigoko region include a stop at Aokigahara Forest. There's a fun cave to explore that can only be accessed on a guided tour. Tours can be found quite easily with a quick Google search. The average cost when looked up was about $163, including transportation to and from Tokyo itself. However, for guests hoping to travel to the forest for ghost tours, or a guide to the forest's dark history, don't hold your breath. 
There is a concentrated effort to focus tourists on Aokigahara's natural beauty rather than its dark past. Guests will have to be content with learning about those elements of the forest from films, books, and blogs, and enjoy the tours for what they are. Tours generally tend to take about 11 to 12 hours, and there are spots where visitors can purchase refreshments and souvenirs. If you visit, be respectful if you do come across any victims of suicide. Contact the local authorities so they can appropriately handle the situation. It's a somber place, one where the gravity of the circumstances should not be taken lightly. If you are struggling with thoughts of suicide, there are international resources available for help. Many of these mental health hotlines are available 24-7 to anyone in distress. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hiroshi was awoken by something tickling his cheek. His eyes fluttered open slowly, and he looked up into the eyes of a large buck. It had been licking the salt from his skin. When he reached his hand up to touch it, the buck jumped over him and disappeared into the forest. Hiroshi sat up and reached for his neck, searching for the rope, but it was not there. He looked around, confused. He did not recognize where he was. It was not the place that he had chosen to die. This area of the forest had beams of sunshine shooting down through the leaves, and the foliage was a brighter green than he had ever seen. He wondered, could this be the afterlife? Could he be in Yomi? He had imagined it being a much darker place, not a place of beauty. He heard the giggling of a child and turned to see a little girl standing behind him. Hi, she greeted him. I am Emmy. I am here to take you where you belong. Hiroshi couldn't resist smiling back at her as he reached for the tiny hand she extended. Where are we going? he asked. You will see, she said in a voice of pure childish innocence as she began leading him through the forest. She moved faster than he could have imagined, not giving him much time to ask more questions. The way she led him began to grow darker, and the forest began to thicken. He thought he caught the scent of decay, and he began to have his doubts about their destination. As they leapt over a small stream, Hiroshi noticed that the water was thick and black. His heart was beginning to fill with dread. He yanked on the girl's hand and pulled her to a stop, but she didn't turn around. She just stood there, as if frozen in time. He was trying to pry his hand free from hers when he heard growling coming from behind him. He turned and found standing there a large canine with bright orange fur and glowing red eyes. It stood, hunched down, as if ready to lunge forward toward him. Hiroshi felt a tug on his hand. Hesitantly, he turned back to the girl, but she no longer looked sweet and pure. 
Her skin had peeled away from her face, revealing muscle and bone. He yanked his hand from hers so hard he fell back and landed on the ground. She took a step towards him, but stopped when the large beast dog jumped and tackled her to the ground. Hiroshi watched in horror as it went for her throat with its teeth. But the girl began to vaporize right before his eyes. Then something extraordinary happened. The orange canine turned and spoke to him. Follow me, and whatever you do, do not stop and do not look back. Hiroshi, for reasons he did not know, felt a strong trust for this beast and when it headed back through the forest, he obediently followed. It ran fast, and Hiroshi was afraid he could not keep up, but he suddenly realized that he was amazingly fast as well. He could feel none of the old aches and pains in his joints. It was almost as if he was floating. The way back seemed longer and darker than it had before, and he noticed movement in the forest amongst the trees. He looked to the side when he caught movement that was close by, and he was filled with terror by what he saw. There was a man standing just at the edge of the darkness, but not like any he had seen. This man looked like a walking corpse. Hiroshi didn't slow down, but he did keep his eyes on the trees, and one by one, on each side, more and more of this living dead began to emerge from the forest. Not watching where he was stepping, Hiroshi tripped over a tree root and tumbled to the ground. The dead were watching, and they saw their chance and began running for him. Hiroshi scrambled back to his feet and ran faster than before. The canine was far ahead of him, but he could see it headed for a bright light coming from the edge of the forest. As he got closer and closer to the light, the dead chasing him began to slow down. He didn't know what was in that light, but it felt like safety to him, so he put every bit of strength he had into reaching it. He never glanced back for fear of what he might see, and as he approached the light grew blindingly bright and began to surround him. In what seemed like an instant, he seemed to run right through the light and found himself standing in a field. There was someone there with them. It looked like a woman. The canine approached her, and she patted its head. Then he walked away, back into the light. When she looked up at Hiroshi, his heart felt like it stopped. He was looking into the face of his wife, May. Hiroshi ran to her and wrapped his arms around her in a tight embrace. May. I have missed you so much. I couldn't stand life without you. She pushed him back so she could look into his eyes as she spoke. I know it pains you to be without me, but does that give you the right to rob our children of their father? Hiroshi ducked his head in shame. I am sorry, May. What can I do now? It is too late. All things pass, good and bad. You go back and live. You live for me. You live for our kids. And you live for yourself. And I promise, if you ever come back this way again, 
you will join those cursed creatures that were chasing you. Can't you come with me? He begged. No, Hiroshi. My time has passed, but I am always with you, in here. She tapped his chest just over his heart. I love you, May. He had closed his eyes and begun to cry. When he opened them again, she was gone. Hiroshi looked around the empty clearing and suddenly felt completely exhausted. He dropped to the ground on his knees and buried his face in his hands and cried himself to sleep. He was unsure how much time had passed before he woke again and found himself in the forest, laying next to the rope he had brought to end his life. He picked it up and looked at it. It was broken. It must have snapped under his weight. Hiroshi gathered the rope and shoved it deep into his pocket. He then tore the letter off the tree and began to head back out of Aokigahara Forest. He used the drive back home to go over what had happened to him that day, and when he was done, he began to plan the rest of his life. Hiroshi went back to work and eventually became the top in his league. He made it home in time to eat with his children and read to them before tucking them into bed. Hiroshi lived to be a very old man, lived to see his first grandchild, named Mei, who looked exactly like her grandmother. Thank you for joining us to explore the Aokigahara Forest. Be sure to tune in next week as we discuss another terrific location. I'm Carmen Carrion. Remember, you can send me suggestions and stories of haunted places to my email, carmencarrion at gmail.com, or follow me on Twitter at Carmen Carrion. Be sure to check out eeriecast.com for more terrifying podcasts. Until next time, be safe out there until I see you at our next destination. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.